Hi, Brian. I just wanted to say that I love listening to the podcasts. They're really interesting and informative and they encourage me to think on a much higher level. But it's done in a clear, concise way, in a fresh way. Hey there, praise the Lord, everyone. This is Brian Del Turco, Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 185. And we are in part three of our page one series. What is the page one series, you ask? We're looking at Genesis chapter one and chapter two and three for some foundational, seminal kingdom DNA, which finds its fulfillment in our time in Christ and especially in the new heavens and the new earth. And as we seek to live now in the powers of the age, which are to come. You can go to the show notes page for this series at jesusmart.com slash page one. Does earth govern heaven? What are things that want to happen that aren't happening in and through you? What are things that need to stop? What things can you hasten? I think you'll be excited about this concept of Godspeed. What can we do? Do we have a part in urging on what wants to happen? Can we hasten it? By the way, I hope you don't hear construction going on in our part of the town here on our street and around the corner. The other day they were doing major uh, sewer work on our street and I tell you our house was shaking. (laughs) They were tearing up the street and then they did the work and then they filled the massive hole they made and they had a machine that was pounding down the uh, fill that they put in and literally... It felt like a small earthquake in our house at times. I hope you don't hear those sounds, but if you do, don't worry. It's not a natural earthquake that's happening here. Uh, My study that I record in happens to be right in the front of the house, and so uh, someday soon we're hoping to have a um, a more secure, undisclosed bunker (laughs) and more soundproof, uh, should we say. Hey, I think you're going to like this series. I encourage you to go back and listen to part one, episode 178, where we look at the Imago Dei, the image of God. What is it really? What does it mean really to be created in the image of God? Many things flow from that, that core understanding. And the first thing that God says after creating the man and the woman in his likeness is the word rule. And so that episode is called Ruling with Christ. And then part two in the series, episode 179, Be Fierce to Have Dominion. You know, as vice regents, we're designed to exercise dominion under the sovereignty of God, God as the great king. But have you lost your intensity? Have you lost your fierceness? If so, it's a big opportunity cost. It's costing you And it's costing those within your sphere of influence. Our full-on engagement is required to live our highest calling in Christ. The authority is from above, but a fierce mastery must flow through you, through me. That's part two in the page one series. Again, jesusmart.com forward slash page one. Well, let me talk to you about a great hero of the faith from the 20th century, a Chinese man by the name of Watchman Nee. He lived from 1903 to 1972. He became a Christian in mainline China way back in 1920. That would be a century ago at the age of 17. And he began writing in that same year. 
And throughout his nearly 30 years of ministry, Watchman Nee was clearly a unique gift from the Lord to the body of Christ in our time. In 1952, he was imprisoned for his faith after the communist revolution in China, and he remained in prison for 20 years until his death in 1972. But his words remain an abundant source of high order revelation and ministry to Christians throughout the world. And I think we can say that he is a key foundational well in the vibrant underground Chinese church today and his influence uh, really throughout the world. He wrote a book called The Prayer Ministry of the Church, and he says in this book that earth governs heaven. And we're going to talk about that briefly today. In this book, he addresses the issue that God often seems limited in his operation and even maybe frustrated in his purpose. And despite the overwhelming need in the world, there's no limitation in God's ability. However, Watchman Nee says there is a limitation, listen to this, in his willingness to work without the full cooperation of the church through prayer. He has a famous quote, our prayers lay the track down which God's power can come on. Like a mighty locomotive, his power is irresistible, but it cannot reach us without the rails. I have a post at jesusmart.com on 40 extraordinary quotes on prayer. If you just go to the search field and search for quotes on prayer, it will bring that post up for you. Uh, Let me throw in another quote here by Andrew Murray, another great source on prayer. We must begin to believe that God in the mystery of prayer has entrusted us with a force that can move the heavenly world and can bring its power down to earth. But again, the question, Watchman Nee says that earth governs heaven. Does that sound strange to you? Does it even make you feel like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that earth governs heaven. I believe that heaven governs earth. Well, let's talk about that. Matthew 16 and verse 19, Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. That's really the tense of the Greek there. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. So Jesus tells us that he gives us these keys right after he talks about, I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. The ecclesia is those who are called out of their private silo-like lives and come together as the people of God and meet to convene, to make decisions and determinations and to shape the future. That was the Greco-Roman concept, ecclesia. That's the backdrop against which Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. Well, Watchman Nee writes in his book that Remember the incident of Moses and Joshua's down on the valley floor with the Israelites fighting against the Amalekites. And when Moses, he's up on this rise or this cliff, and when Moses' hands are raised in the air, Joshua wins and prevails. But whenever his hands tire throughout this day-long battle and his hands fall back down, he begins to lose. And they see this and um, his assistants, I think Aaron and her, sit Moses down on a rock and they each hold his hands up steadfastly so that Joshua can steadfastly prevail. And Watchman Nee says, what is that? What is that if it's not earth governing 
heaven. Think about the parting of the Red Sea. By the way, the raised hands, I think, symbolize victory, praise, surrender, yieldedness to God, sort of a lightning rod for God's power to come down and touch the earth and be manifested. And what about another incident with Moses, the parting of the Red Sea? The Egyptians are bearing down on them and they're pinned up against the Red Sea and Moses is on his face crying out to God and God eventually says, get up. Why are you down? Get up and extend your rod over the Red Sea. And as Moses gets up and extends his rod over the Red Sea, God's power is manifested. The Red Sea parts, the winds blow and dry out the seabed and the Israelites are able to walk through the sea to get to the other side. And of course, when the Egyptians pursue them and try it, they are engulfed. The Red Sea crashes in upon them and drowns the entire Egyptian army. Amazing. But what is that if it's not earth governing heaven? What about Jesus calming the storm? There's a storm raging and Jesus is sleeping in the storm. I mean, what needs to stop in your life or in your sphere of influence right now? Well, Jesus is sleeping in the boat and a storm is raging and raging and raging on. No one's stopping it. Finally, they wake up Jesus. Don't you care about us, Jesus? We're going to die. Jesus calms the storm. And you say, well, that's Jesus who did that. No, that's the point. Jesus looks at them and says, where is your faith? He wanted them to do it. Why was he sleeping? Perhaps to give them an opportunity to do it themselves. But he clearly admonish them and coach them. I want your faith to rise up to this level. Now, perhaps, perhaps with humility, I am, what I'm going to say is my, you know, my life and my understanding and my practice and influence is nothing compared to Watchman Nee. But I would just offer that perhaps with humility, a better way to say this phrase is that heaven, heaven governs earth, but not without our agency and administration. Listen to, it, listen to it again, please. Ultimately, heaven governs earth, but not without our agency and administration. Let me ask these questions again in your life and through your life into your circle of concern and influence. What needs to start that's not starting yet? What needs to stop? What needs to be hastened and quickened? Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 115, verse 16. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. Dutch Sheets writes in his book, Intercessory Prayer, that a better translation of this word given from the Hebrew, Nathan or Natan, N A. T-H-A-N, I believe, is assigned, and the Moffat translation renders it as assigned. So let's read it again. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has assigned to the sons of men. Dutch Sheet says that God didn't give away ownership of the earth, but he did assign the responsibility of governing it to humanity, to man and woman, and to their descendants. That book again, Intercessory Prayer, tagline, How God Can Use Your Prayers to Move Heaven 
and earth. You see, we've said on this podcast, we are vice regents. A vice regent is somebody who administers the kingly domain on behalf of the king. We are created in the image of God. Genesis one twenty six. I encourage you to just to take in this whole page one series. Genesis one twenty six. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule. The first thing that God says after his statement about creating man and creating humanity, man and woman in his image and his likeness is the word rule. In verse 28, it says, God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and rule. I speak that over your life right now, my friend. Be fruitful. Multiply. What needs to increase? Fill. What needs to be filled up in your life? Don't allow those spaces to be unfilled because something else will rush into it that you don't like. Subdue, which means to cultivate and to release the latent potential of your garden, of your world, and your your calling in life. Rule. Rule under the sovereignty of God. You see, I believe that prayer is the source of our administrative capacity under God. Then we, out of prayer, we oversee action flowing from our prayer. Here's the way it works. Here's the formula, formula, a little kingdom calculus, okay? Cool of the day, couple of arrows then pointing to agency and administration. You walk with Christ in the cool of the day, in prayer and conversation and coaching, and then you exercise your agency and kingdom administrative capacity, guarding, keeping, expanding. Let's go back to those five words again in verse 28 of Genesis 1. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, again, to cultivate, to release the latent potential, and to rule. I mean, get a piece of paper out, my friend. Get your journal out. Pull out your phone and whip out some some note app. Get away. Get in the woods. I don't know. Get by a water line. Take some time. Meditate. Don't let life keep rushing and rushing and rushing. Pull away. The only The only way to stay in front of things is to have times where you pull away, reflect, pray, and come up with new initiatives and steps you can take, baby steps, medium steps, big steps, quantum steps. Let me ask this question. Could there be a clear connection between our decisiveness and power from above ourselves? There was this Scottish mountaineer and writer, William Hutchinson Murray, and he wrote in his book in 1951, the Scottish Himalayan Expedition. Here's what he wrote. Take this paragraph in, okay? This may sound too simple, he wrote, but it's great in consequence. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always in effectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, he writes, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. There it is. The moment one definitely commits herself, himself, 
providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamt would have come his way. I learned a deep respect for one of Gothe's couplets. He writes, whatever you can do or dream, you can begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. I believe he was a Christian. William Hutchinson Murray, writing in his book, The Scottish Himalayan Expedition, 1951. Again, the question, could there be a clear connectivity between your decisiveness and extraordinary power from above yourself? Do you see his statement? The moment one definitely commits, providence moves too. Let me read a scripture to you from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Looking for and hastening, we'll come back to that, the coming of the day of God. And then verse 13 says, according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. What? We're not only looking for the coming of the day of God, but we can hasten it? which means to quicken it. I think I was told in a small group recently that word itself means to urge on. We can urge on the coming of the day of God. What faith capacity is this? Now, if we can look for and indeed hasten the coming of the day of God, think about earth governing heaven or really heaven governing earth, but not without our agency and administration and belief and faith. Jesus said in Luke 18, verse 8, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I want you to think about this Syrophoenician woman in the Gospels, her daughter. This was a non-Jew, a a Syrophoenician woman. Her daughter was uh, gravely ill. She comes to Jesus and begs him to come and heal her. And Jesus at first ignores her. Then he says, look, it's not right to give the bread for the children to the dogs. Okay, now this, don't be offended at Jesus. I'm not exactly sure why he was saying this, but her faith was not daunted. See, the Gentiles would come into the benefits of Christ later when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts, and it would open up from the Jewish world into the Gentile world. But I like what one teacher and speaker says about this. We can imagine that the father is having an intimate conversation with Jesus right on the spot and says, look, these benefits are going to come to her later, to the Gentile world later. But right now, in her case, we're going to give her an an accelerated package, a down payment right now because of this sort of faith. She said, even the puppies beneath the table eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. And when she said that, that was it. Jesus, it was irresistible faith. Jesus had to do something and he did. Notice how she kind of governed the situation. It's really amazing. Notice the woman with the bleeding, the 12 years of bleeding and spent all her money and no doctors could heal her. And yet she sneaks up on Jesus. She didn't even ask Jesus. Jesus didn't even know she was coming. And then she, she said, if I touch the hem of his clothes, I'll be healed. I know it. And power flowed out of him. Like, like voltage went out of Jesus. He looked around and said, who touched me? His disciples said, this crowd is crushing you. What do you mean who touched you? No, 
Somebody touched me. I felt virtue. I felt power go out of me. And he saw the woman. He said, your faith has healed you. That's sort of like up to her, man. It's sort of a, maybe not earth governing heaven, but boy, things don't happen on earth without faith, without agency, without administration. You know what I mean? And what about Jesus' prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Again, think about the verse we read in 2 Peter 3, verse 12. We are to look for and hasten the coming of the day of God as we look for the new heavens and the new earth. And we're to pray that God's kingdom would come? You mean his kingdom can't come without our prayer? Why is that highlighted in the first part of that prayer architecture that Jesus gave us to pray? Hallowed be your name, Father. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. You mean there's some things God wants to do which won't be done without our prayer? It seems so, my friend. So I love that statement by Watchman Nee that challenges us. Earth governs heaven. I would like to say that heaven governs earth, but not without our agency and administration. All right. I encourage you to go to the page. This page is going to be built out as these episodes unfurl, the page one series. Go to jesusmart.com slash page one for notes, for streaming. You can share that page. There's a cool feature on this page, a table of contents, little block that has each episode link. Just click the link and it'll immediately scroll down to that episode as this page gets longer and longer. JesusSmart.com slash page one. The first episode in the series, Ruling with Christ. What does it mean to be created in God's image? The second post, Be Fierce to Have Dominion. As vice regents, we have to exercise fierce mastery under God's sovereignty. And this episode, well, does earth govern heaven? I'm sort of saying that heaven governs earth, but with your agency and administration, with my agency and administration. And these questions again, what wants to happen from heaven's perspective in you, through you, that's waiting on your agency and administration? What needs to stop from heaven's perspective? That's something that you can be involved in and be a part of, even perhaps with others, to stop, but is waiting on your agency and administration. What, here's an interesting question, what needs to be hastened? Well, the coming of the kingdom and the new heavens and the new earth, Peter tells us that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But if we have that scale of functionality of There is nothing that you cannot apply hastening faith to. What promise is hanging over your life? What horizon is Jesus asking you to move toward? What opportunity is he placing before you that needs to be exploited by faith and by action and by possession and filling and multiplying and ruling in the micro of your life and together as the ecclesia, as the church, in the macro of this world. Would you share this with one or two of your friends, even this specific episode? Just tell them to go out. The podcast is heard pretty much everywhere. Find this episode. You can also share the page I'm mentioning, jesussmart.com slash page one. Uh, You can stream there, and there's notes and things there as well. Appreciate it. Let's spread the word. And I'm telling you, we're in a time of opportunity and faith right now. We are in a season of growth and quantum opportunity. I believe it. 
I want you to run with it. I really do. When you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen, it helps to push it out to more people. That's what that's all about, simply put. There's an e-letter which goes out from time to time. Uh, We like to think of it as uh, hopefully next-level elements to develop as a Christ follower, as an apprentice of the kingdom. Remember, my friend, Jesus is brilliant, and we're seeking to live right now in the light of the new heavens and new earth. The Bible tells us to do that. That time when the knowledge of the glory of the Lord and his brilliance, his ways, will cover the earth. Jesus is smart. We're on his coattails, okay? He knows how this life works best right here, right now.